0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Let Freedom Ring Podcast. And today, we have quite a good episode in store because social media is not on the side of conservatives. Social media does not like conservatives. Social media hates conservatives. Because social media and the big tech giants, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Jack Dorseys of the world, They have gone to the extreme. Now, many of you probably already know what I'm talking about, so I'm not breaking news here. I just want to talk about my opinion about it because, well, it's my podcast, so I get to talk about my opinions, but first and foremost, before we get into it, uh, because of the extreme measures social media has been taking, uh, you can text me 912-416-0479, text me with your first name, and I'll go ahead and save you as a contact, and we can discuss all this at length. But uh that, that's one way that if my social media gets banned tomorrow, or if it's already banned, that I can keep in touch with you guys. So that is 912-416-0479. Again, 912-416-0479. Alright. Now I want to talk about um President Trump and his and what has happened to him. So as everyone here knows, I'm sure I'm not breaking the news about this, uh Donald Trump was banned from pretty much every social media site to ever exist. I mean From Twitter to Facebook to Instagram, because Facebook and Instagram are the same thing. uh, To uh, He was even banned from Shopify, from having Shopify accounts. Uh, That's like the the web hosting service that hosted uh, his his merch page. They just deleted him. Just goodbye, you're gone, get out of here, see you later, they don't like you. They don't like us. Social media doesn't like us. I'll tell this story. So shortly before the midterm elections back in 2018, about a week, a little before a week before, I, I that, that was when I was my most prominent. I was reaching 10 million people a week, obviously right before one of the most important midterm elections of our lifetime. I was reaching, like I said, 10 million, 15 million people a week. And I'd say Monday, Tuesday before the election. I logged onto my account, banned. It was gone. It was suspended. I, I appealed it. And then my appeal was denied. And I, w- I was banned for something basically like saying like uh, that I was banned for for, for trying to evade, evade being banned. And I had never been banned ever. So I, I, I wasn't quite sure why I was banned. And so luckily I have a good relationship with my congressman and I was able to talk to him and he was able to get my account reinstated, luckily. But it, had it not been for that, well, had it not been for that, I, I probably wouldn't be here today. So it's, it's no, there, there's no, there's no this debate. Social media hates us. Social media is not a fan of, of center-right people. And I'm not sure why, because from a monetary standpoint, You know, the more members you have on your platform, the more money you're able to make through advertisers. So from a monetary standpoint, it makes sense to have everyone, as many people as possible. Now, for the last 30 days, and the last 30 days, but really the last few days, I have lost 12,000 followers, 12,000 followers on social media in the last couple of like week maybe. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just losing followers. But that's not that's not really how you should think about this. You should think that 12,000 people, at least that follow me, some people have lost fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 followers. So 12,000 people that follow me have had their account taken away from them. They've had their ability to let the world hear what they have to say taken away from them. They are no longer allowed to express their opinions via Twitter. Because Jack Dorsey and his globalist staff decided that they they just don't get that right. Why should why why should Mary in Iowa get the right to talk about how she loves Donald Trump? Why? Because it's scary. Because social media is why he won in 2016. It's why shortly before the election, you saw all the major publications, oh, sorry, all the major social media sites, ban the New York Post story. They straight banned it. They straight said you can't talk about this, because they thought that if this broke the way that Hillary's story broke, that it would just go, it, it would go, and Donald Trump would win. Now, they were right that it, that that's what would happen because recent polls have shown that one sixth of Biden voters in swing states would have switched their vote had they known about this. Had they known about social media, or sorry, had they known about Hunter Biden and his ties with Ukraine, they would have voted. They it would have switched their vote, whether they voted for you know the the third party or they voted for Donald Trump or whoever. They would have switched their vote. But because they weren't allowed to know about it, because Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and all these people decided that oh this is Russian disinformation. We didn't hear about it. And then it comes out, of course, that it's true that the FBI is investigating Hunter Biden as we speak. That it's true that that this is is a true allegation that needs to be looked into. I mean, imagine if Donald Trump Jr. made the money that Donald Trump Sr. made from Ukraine. Imagine you would all over CNN. All over MSNBC. It would be all over it. You want to know why? Because they're biased. Now, I think a lot of what's happening on social media, I think it has to do with the fact that Purdue and Leffler lost their races uh, in Georgia last Tuesday. I think it has a lot to do with that. Because Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and all these people don't have to face a bill being sponsored in the Senate to regulate them. And actually getting into that, give me one second, hold on. Cause a lot of people have been saying, let me just pull this up from my Twitter. A lot of people have been saying that you you can't, no, there's no way that you can. No, it, it's, it, it's anti-conservative. If you try to regulate these platforms, it, it's anti-conservative. If you try to regulate these p- platforms, sorry, because they're free, it's the free market. They're they're private businesses. They should be able to do whatever they want. And you know, first off, you know who's saying that? The same people who said the baker from Col- from Colorado shouldn't be able to bake should should be able shouldn't be able to refuse service to anybody he wants to refuse service to. He should be forced to bake a cake against his religious morals because it, it it's it's because the people who wanted the cake fall onto the oppression hierarchy. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically saying that uh, a black male isn't as oppressed as a black female who isn't as a, as oppressed as a black gay male. It, it, it's this long thing, which basically at the top is um, a biracial, bi-trans, purple-haired freak named Kayla. I don't know. But anyway, this is happening because Georgia didn't vote for Purdue and LaFleur. And I have my own things with Leffler. She was going to originally originally object to the vote, but then decided you know, at the last moment, you know right after she lost, you know when, when Donald Trump's right behind her in Dalton, Georgia, she's completely okay with objecting to the vote. That's one hundred percent her duty. It's her duty to make sure that illegitimate votes don't count, but once she lost, and she knew her time in Georgia politics were done. She said. Mr. President, I cannot object anymore. I can't, in good faith, object. Because if I do, well, I'll look bad. Is basically what she said. There is no reason why you should, you should not condemn. There's no reason why you shouldn't condemn what happened at the Capitol. I condemn it in the strongest amount, not the thousands and thousands and thousands of protesters who walked to the Capitol, I condemn the ones who broke in. It's bad. That's bad. You shouldn't break into the Capitol. Now, you can walk to the Capitol. You can walk as close as you can. And once the police tell you to stop, you should stop. But to the people who broke in and took pictures in Nancy Pelosi's office, first off, kind of cool. Second off, don't do it. A lady lost her life because of this. She was a 14-year... Air Force vet, and she died on the on the grounds of the Capitol. She died on the grounds of the Capitol. She was shot. And it's unclear if it was DC police, Secret Service, um, but she died on the ground in the rotunda of the Capitol, fighting for what she believed in. This is all happening because for years I have been saying regulate social media. For years, Will Chamberlain has been saying regulate social media. We've been saying this since 2017, 2018. Now that w- when 2019 came around and the Republicans lost the House, that's when people wanted to start regulating things. Like, oh, we should have, we should, you should have, you, you should have, because now we're screwed. Because now there's a 50 50 tie in the Senate. White House is going to be Joe Biden. I don't care whether you think it's Ill- he's illegitimate or not. He's still going to have the power of the president. And the House is in the hands of the Democrats. And I'm not saying that they're going to pass anything that helps big tech. But I'm just saying that we're not going to be able to pass anything that hurts them, that regulates them. And a lot of people are saying this is anti-free uh, market. How? Tell me how. My view on regulations. I believe regulations that... Strengthen the public good while not dwindling the performance of a company are okay. For instance, child labor laws. If your company relies on seven year olds working 12 hours a day, your company shouldn't exist. I own a company. I know what it's like to employ people. My company does not exist on the backs of seven year olds. Therefore, yes. There should be regulations that prevent 7-year-olds from working 12-hour days. Next, when it comes to the environment. I think that it's probably a pretty good regulation to tell, I don't know, uh, to tell sewage companies that they can't release their thing, they can't release their sewage or pollution right into the river. Tell me how that, if that's what your business model, if your business model will only survive with polluting a river that people drink and fish out of, shouldn't be in, comp, shouldn't be in business, I'm sorry. Regulations that don't stifle the free market should be allowed. They should be allowed and they should be encouraged if they help the public good. Now, I'm not talking about regulations just for the sake of regulations. I'm talking about regulations that make public better. They make America great. They make America better. Are you trying to tell me that if there was a bill that said on social media or really anywhere, let's say even a restaurant, you cannot, discriminate based, you cannot discriminate on someone based on the fact that they're a conservative or a liberal or a libertarian or even a communist, that you cannot discriminate based on them based on that, that it would stifle the ability for Twitter and Facebook. And Instagram to be successful? I I just don't think so. Because let me tell you how this typically works. So, typically, uh, on Twitter, I'd say 99.9999% of things I see are conservative. They're conservative. Because I pretty much only follow conservatives. I do follow some liberals. I follow David Hogg so I can make fun of him. I, I follow the majority conservatives. Because I agree with them and I like hearing their points of view. Or I should say I agree with them on the basics. And I like hearing their points of view. Because sometimes we differ. Sometimes we differ. So I like to hear them. I like to have a nice discussion. And when I see somebody on the left of my timeline, if it's worthy of, you know, a, um, a comment, a civil comment, I'll comment. Or quote their tweet. On Instagram... I primarily only follow conservatives and some like fitness pages on Facebook. I only really follow conservatives. I'm only most of my friends are conservative. There are a few liberal friends who I had to mute during the election because they were just saying some crazy stuff. But I only follow conservatives for the most part. So conservatives are pretty much in an echo chamber. The way Twitter works is People who love football and all they talk about are, is football, well, they pretty much only see football. People who love puppies and only talk about puppies pretty much only see puppies. People who love politics and Republican politics and are conservatives tend to will only see conservative politics. Everyone's in an echo chamber. Even the left. I, I've breached the left's echo chamber before by looking up certain hashtags. Even the left is in This. The left has an echo chamber. We weren't bothering anyone. We were talking to ourselves. We were talking to each other. Telling each other what we thought. Networking with each other. But once we started to branch into the mainstream, well, then we had to be silenced. Once people in our ranks who got like 90 million followers, aka Donald Trump, we had to stop. Because now... 90 million is a lot. That means people in the middle who might change their voice. That means people in the middle who might change their vote. That means people in the middle that might decide an election. So then, conservatives, uh, I believe Dan Bongino is the owner, said, you know what? Screw it. Let's create our own. We'll create Parlor. So he started Parlor. And he started it like two years ago. And I will admit, I-, I made an account like as soon as I saw it, like late December. But... It wasn't that good. And it's still not amazing. Uh, The user interface isn't as good as it could be. I mean, I know it's still really young and everything. And obviously, they don't have the budget that, that Twitter or Facebook or Instagram has. But I think it's good. I think it's a good idea. So, they started Parler. And truth be told, I don't know why this happened. But Google and Apple decided to remove Parler from their app stores. They decided to remove Parler from their app stores. Why? Well, could it be because it's the first time in years that that Twitter and Instagram and Facebook have had a true competitor? That a lot of conservatives were starting to delete their accounts and their stock prices were dropping? Could that be it? You're trying to tell me within 72 hours of each other, within 72 to 96 hours of each other, everyone dropped everything, Everyone in this social media Silicon Valley echo chamber dropped everything, banned the president, suspended 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 conservatives for no good reason. Then, as they were all joining Parler and CloudHub, took Parler, the bigger one, off of the search engine, off of the surface, and then, okay, they're, they're off the app store. You know, a lot of people use it on their phones, but a lot of people use it on their desktops. Well, guess what? Guess what? It gets better. Amazon Web Service removed Parler from their services. So Parler's website and server is no longer good. What does this mean? This means that until until Parler can find someone else to host their service, they're down. They don't work anymore. They might in the future, but as of now, they don't. Why? Can anyone tell me what scares Tim Cook? What scares Jack Dorsey? What scares Mark Zuckerberg about conservatives? One speaking, per Jack Dorsey, he grew up in a House rant that was half Democrat, half Republican, but you can't tell. Why aren't conservatives allowed to speak in the same way that liberals are? We don't want to be able to do whatever we want. We just want the rules to be fair. If you just give us a clear, defined set of rules, tell us what we can and can't do, be 100% transparent, be 100% honest, we'll be happy. We'll be happy. A lot of us were there when Alex Jones got suspended and Milo Yiannopoulos got suspended. Not a lot of people spoke up. Not a lot of people came to their defense. Listen, I disagree with a lot of what Alex says. I disagree with a lot of what Alex says. But should he have been removed from Twitter? And it was a test. It was a test. What they wanted to see was, could they ban a prominent person without getting pushback? Could they ban a prominent person without getting pushback? Could they ban Alex Jones, who's a little bit more on the alt-right, without getting pushback? Well, they did. Nobody really pushed back. Nobody came to his defense. If we would have came to his defense, he would be reinstated. But now it doesn't matter. Because now they banned the, ban the most prominent, the most, quote, admired person in the world. Donald Trump. For some fake news that the media spread. The, the media said... That Donald Trump was responsible for inciting what happened. That he was responsible for inciting what happened. So now, in just a moment, I'm going to play exactly what he said. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. So I just played for you the part that the media is taking and saying that Donald Trump inspired insurrection, that Donald Trump inspired this riot, that Donald Trump inspired people to go inside. Donald Trump cannot be held accountable for what he said and what the protesters did. You know why? Sorry, bump my mic. You want to know why he can't be held accountable? Because he never once called for people to storm the Capitol to terrorize Congress, he never once called for that. He never once said, let's go in there, guys. He said, we're going to march to the Capitol and show strength. That means show the numbers. So people are saying that Donald Trump deserves to to get impeached a second time. And let me tell you why. They're saying that. Let me tell you why they're saying that. They're saying that because Donald Trump, if impeached and removed would not be able to run for office again. He would be barred from running for office again. That's why they're saying that. Now, do I think Trump is going to run for office again? Probably not. Probably not. I think 2024 will be a person who is very like Trump in terms of policy. I think that the Trump Trumpism in the Republican Party isn't going anywhere for a while. That's what I think, personally. You can agree or disagree, but frankly, it's what I think. Because Trump is the first person in the history of the Republican Party to have like 95, 96, 97% Republican approval. That's almost 100%. And that 3% are people who like to call themselves Colin Powell, the Lincoln Project, George Conway. That's those people. But the average everyday Americans like you and I, we love him. We support him. He's doing good work. Now. I don't know, and I can't tell you, who the nominee will be. I don't know. I know who I'd vote for if the, if the nomination were to happen. But I don't know who the nominee is going to be. Now, I can tell you some front runners: Matt Gaetz, Florida. Ron DeSantis, Florida. Josh Halley, Missouri. Those are the front runners, I would say, as as we speak. Those are the top three. A lot of people say Nikki Haley. Don't see it personally. I think Ron DeSantis, Josh Halley, and Matt Gaetz are the front runners as we speak. Or I could see Matt Gaetz primarying Rubio. Little Marco, I've about had enough of him. He does not deserve a third term as a senator. Can anybody tell me what he's done in his time in office except for Pander to the left? Can anybody tell me one bill? He was the head. He was leading the charge for the 2013, 2014 Amnesty Bill that a lot of people supported. A lot of rhinos on the right supported. He was leading that charge. He wanted to give amnesty to 20 million people. He got on he got on a press conference with. Uh, some with some notable Democrats behind him, and maybe a few Republicans, a few Republicans a name only. And gave this speech in Spanish where he said, "Oh, I'm an immigrant. My grandpa's an immigrant. Everyone's an immigrant. You should be able to come in." I'm sorry, Marco, but the American people and the people of Florida don't agree with that. Donald Trump increased his lead in Florida. He won election night in 2016 by, I believe, less than a percentage. He won on November 3rd by almost four points. He won on November 3rd by almost four points. So, Marco, there is a big chance you get primary from the right. A big chance. A lot of people are saying Donald Trump should primary Marco from the right. Will he do that? Probably not. It would be interesting. He would win. Donald Trump has done a lot more for Florida than Marco has. What has Marco done besides collect a $174,000 salary for the last 12 years? Name, name one thing. I'm serious. I don't know one successful thing Marco has done. Little Marco. The guy who was kicked out of the primary by Chris Christie. If Chris Christie is the reason you get kicked out of the presidential primary, well, perhaps you don't deserve to be in the presidential primary. The only thing Chris Christie can't kick... The only thing Chris Christie can't kick is a freaking hamburger. But he got you out. The only thing Chris Christie can demolish are hot dogs. But he got you out. You're supposed to—you were polished by the Republican establishment for the last four years to run for president, and you couldn't do it. He took office in 2010, and from 2012, or from 2010 to 2000, sorry, 2013 to 2016, he was being polished to run for president. He was being polished as this moderate conservative, this moderate Republican. Don't ever call him a conservative. To run for president, they said that Marco would do a good job as president. Maybe he would. I don't think so. So I hope he does get primary from the right. I hope that you know whether it's Matt Gates or some other notable uh, families from Florida, primary him. I hope they do. I hope they primary the hell out of him. I hope he loses. Because I think Florida has turned from swing to safe R. I think Florida has turned from swing to, 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 to lean R. A lot of people think Georgia has turned from solid R to lean, to lean R or to swing. I don't think so. I think this is just an anomaly election. But this is another thing that I didn't even think I was going to talk about. Republicans. Quit trying to grow The big cities in your state. Because when you do. Your state will go from conservative. Republican. Gun. And God loving places. And you'll turn. Into California. California was once the most conservative state. In the country. Did you know that? I bet you didn't. But they have not had. They've had one Republican governor. This century. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was pretty. I mean, he was pretty liberal, let's be honest. He was California Republican. California ha- was home to many of the top industries in the country. Everyone wanted to be in California because, you know, the beach and the sun and, you know, the girls and the money and, you know, Hollywood and Sacramento. I Now everybody's going to Texas. Why? No income tax. And freedom, I put a video um, on my TikTok the other day, or, or sorry, I saw a video on TikTok the other day where this girl was going to visit colleges. And the top comment was, does Corona just not exist where you live? And I, I thought about it and I said, wow, a lot of kids aren't getting the ability to tour colleges right now because they live in states ran by draconian governors because they live in states. Ran by governors who think they know better than you and I. So since so because of that, these kids are missing out on their entire senior year. Now, the high school that I graduated from, I, st- I still live in the same town. They have to wear masks. But pretty much everything else is okay. You know, they had football. They had, I don't know if they're having prom. I don't know if they had homecoming. But they had football. Um, but everything else is getting changed. Everything else is being destroyed because people think they know better. The mayor of Atlanta would not let that happen. The mayor of Atlanta set out to close everything. And Governor Kemp said, Not nah, Doc, these are my citizens too. And to that, I commend him. I, I commend Governor Kemp for that. We've gone on a wild tangent here these last 30 minutes. But one last thing I want to talk about, and then we will we, we'll, we'll get off of it. C.J. Pearson, somebody who I, I've known for many years, a, a liberal student at the University of Alabama. I didn't know liberal students had existed in Alabama, has started a petition for C.J. Pearson to be expelled from college. Simply because he supports Donald Trump, and he went to the Capitol. Now, C.J. and I have had our differences in the past. We have had our differences in the past. However, C.J. should not be expelled from college because he supports Donald Trump, especially not the University of Alabama. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be expelled from college. The cancel culture that exists on the left, and sometimes on the right needs to be addressed if we cannot live in a country together and be able to function we don't have to agree we don't have to love each other but just function and have morals and understand that just because somebody disagrees with you on abortion and tax rates doesn't mean that they're a nazi or a communist because that happens a lot on the right too a lot of people on the right saying think anybody who voted for biden is a communist and a socialist. And I'm not saying you, if you're listening, that you think that. I'm just saying a lot of people think that. Well, there's 81 million people, supposedly, who voted for Joe Biden. So if 81 million people are communists, well, we better buy our guns now. We better stock up on bread now. We better get milk now and freeze it. Guys, we live in the greatest country in the world. We need to stick to our guns. And we need to stick to what made us great. We need to keep fighting for the right to exist, unfortunately. We need to figure out social media. And then we need to worry about telling your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids in some respects, about the value of being conservative about the value of free markets. Because if we don't, well this future is gone. I can do all I can, but it's going to take it's going to take a village. So that's it for this week guys. Make sure you like and you subscribe and you share this with your friends because we are slowly becoming one of the fastest growing conservative podcasts in the country. Thank you so much.